This is the Head On Collision Podcast. Hey guys, this is Clay. Um, today we had my little brother Trenton on the podcast to talk a little bit. It was only me and him, so TJ will be back in the next episode. However, we did cover a lot about his story, basically 120 pounds that he lost and kind of what he went through when he was doing it and kind of when he hit his uh, breaking point or changing point. So great episode for you today if you want to hear a great success story. Then uh, listen up, you'll learn a whole bunch, um, and then hopefully you get a, a great little lesson from from both of us on how to do things uh, the right way and then the wrong way as well. So listen up, a lot of information we covered today, but a pretty good episode. Why don't you just start by talking about kind of yourself and like your weight loss and what you did? Um. Well, I was always a big kid. I don't. That's everyone says that we were always big kids, but uh, always taller. I was always the tallest, biggest in my class, and never really thought anything of it. I was always super, you know, through elementary school. That's something you're super like. You're almost proud of. You're like, oh yeah, I'm the biggest kid. You know, I'm bigger than everybody else. But, uh, and so, and obviously in elementary school, you never think about like your health or your weight or your, I mean, you're just a kid. Yeah. You can't even, you almost can't even understand it. But so I was always the biggest. I don't know. I think, I think I can remember in second grade, I looked at my second grade teacher cause she, she was pregnant and I was just being an honor kid saying, Oh, well, how much you weigh now? And I said, I'll tell you how much I weigh if you weigh. And I think in second grade, I weighed, I think I weighed 150 pounds in second grade, and I think I can remember her saying that, and then she was like, what? <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so I, going through sixth grade, starting seventh grade, in junior high football, I weighed 240 pounds, and I kind of kept that through seventh grade. I thought that was, of course, in seventh grade, I thought, oh, well, this is a good weight for football, you know. If I could, if I can keep the 240 pounds through seventh grade and eighth grade football, I said, well, that should be, that should be good. And then I can keep it through high school and then, you know, adjust my weight. Obviously I, I always wanted, you know, whether it was unrealistic or what, whatever, but I always wanted to play college football really bad. And of course, when you play college football, you can always expect the coaches to look at you and say, okay, you need to gain this much weight or you need to lose this much weight. You need to do this and this and this. And you see pictures of college football linemen and none of them are small. They're no. all yeah, big, no, it doesn't. big guys. So no. regardless of where offense, defense, they're all Kind of like you were saying, it doesn't really matter. Like <clears throat> when you're that young, you don't really understand or comprehend, like, I guess – big and small like you just like you said you have the mentality of always wanting to be the biggest and same thing kind of going through junior high almost is you know you start to envy kids who look better than you or a little bit smaller but it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just no because you have your own goals and yours was college football yeah no and so that yeah that's what you said you it was always easy for me especially like during wrestling season and stuff and I always watch you wrestle it's always it you know you get to watching like the the 190 pound, 195 pound weight class wrestle, and it's just like, ah, oh, dang, like those guys are stout and they don't have very much body fat. But at the same time, to me, it was always like, well, I don't want to do that. Like I want to, you know, if I if I want to play college football, then I I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But so I so I never, you know, I always did what I said. Like I tried to keep my weight, but towards oh, and. 
eighth grade, you know, I obviously didn't keep the 240 pounds. It's just, I got bigger. And then, you know, just the same thing as, you know, I don't know if it's a, if I, you know, I prob probably, I probably classified as having a knee as a binge eater. I just ate, like, I don't know, like I just found comfort in eating through junior high, middle school and my freshman year, like that's just what I did, like. And that was a big part of when obviously our parents had the yeah. divorce. So. Yeah, so things were th things were pretty crappy for yeah. the most part, but uh, and so that's where I found that's where that's that's where I got my comfort. You know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't, you know, I had very few friends through high school. Like I, I didn't. I wasn't, you know, social. There, I wasn't very social. I wasn't a very popular guy. I just kind of did my own thing, and I worked out. You know, I did work out all the time. You know, I'm not saying I wasn't mm -hmm. a big old. Uh, like I just didn't sit around and gained a bunch of weight and from nothing. I was constantly working out, but yeah. So I I just kept you know that's I just kept like I binge ate food all the time and we used to have a a big bowl on our kitchen table and I used to get uh, dad to fill it full of little Snicker bars mm -hmm. and little candy bars and that like and I just constantly if I wasn't you know. Yeah, working out or doing something, it was just I got to have a snack food, and at dinner time I got to fill my plate, and it got pretty bad. Um, what were you weighing freshman year? Do you remember freshman year? I freshman that year, close to freshman year of football. Uh, I weighed in at two hundred sixty-five pounds. I went through football you know that kind of that I gained some weight during freshman year of football I was probably I probably ended football around 275 pounds and then my freshman year I chose not to wrestle and so I I said I'm not gonna wrestle I just want to work out and get really strong because I just want to be a strong kid a strong big strong football player and that I'm not, I'm not, I, I still stick by my choice because everything, obviously everything's okay, everything worked out, but it was after Christmas break my freshman year, I weighed in on the super duper wrestling scale, and it was like, I want to say it was 313.8 pounds, so three, 314 pounds, and that was, that was even after about a week of dieting and hard workouts so I always tell people I got up to 315 pounds it was probably heavier <laughs> it was probably more that I just don't know mm -hmm. and so I just I say 315 pounds but that was kind of it was I don't say I don't want to say breaking point it was just the turning point like I just saw it and I was just like oh, okay it's just like this is not this is not right like this isn't good you know I think you saw it too at a really, I guess, I don't know, if you take different spots in life and think about when you could have like a moment like that to where you want to switch, like yours was ex extremely young, mine was freshman in college, but then again TJ's, when he had his big turnaround, it was sophomore, junior in high school as well, but <clears throat> yeah, it was just, it seems like in that age and in that kind of a stage of your life, it's pretty critical i mean i don't want to say it's any more or less than anything else i mean because high school yes it's 
you know, it doesn't matter. Nothing that happened really in high school, especially after you get out of high school, is really relevant anymore, it seems like. Um, so, honestly, besides that not being like high school doesn't really matter, per se, the mindset of that, then I would say the biggest, it's one of the biggest, like, bad, worst ways to have that kind of moment because you're dealing with freshman year of high school, you are dealing with the people who are finding girls and getting girlfriends and, you know, you're getting into the phase where, you, you know, you're, if you haven't already been in social media, you're getting on social media and seeing these bodybuilders and weightlifters, especially for us who we enjoyed seeing and those guys weighed that much, but they were extremely yeah, yeah. low body fat. So, you know, you think, oh man, you know, I can hit 280, 300 pounds and, yeah. you know, he hits that in his off season. So I'm doing just fine. And exactly. then you, you that think was, <laughs> that was with. You always said that with Jay Cutler. You were mm-hmm. always like, Jay Cutler's in the offseason over 300 pounds. And it's just like, well, they're somehow in my head, I'm like magically up just by a snap of a finger. Popping I'll turn into huge yeah. muscle at 300 pounds, but it never happened. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot, of, I mean, and there's a lot of false information too. Like I said, it's, it's a bad range to be doing that because that's really anywhere from junior high all the way up into uh, all the way up to your senior high school that's where kids build their confidence and where kids build their mentality and attitudes yeah. and all this and stuff and work ethic and, and yeah and that's just obviously like i said there's no good spot in life to hit that point to where you're like well it's all good when you hit that point but it's not good obviously the circumstances aren't the best when that yeah. happens so whenever you do hit a point to where you're like oh crap you know this is needs to change immediately like that's definitely for you and for anybody around that age group is a huge, almost like it's a make or break kind of a thing. Obviously you, and we'll continue on with your story, but you ended up on the positive end of things as far as the weight and physique goes, but somewhat, but, um, I know a lot of people, especially kids, they resort to other things and it's, It's not good, so... Yeah. But continue on. You obviously hit 315. That was probably, what, you know, pretty high up there. It was pretty pretty bad. hmm So, <clears throat> I didn't, of course, being a freshman, and the knowledge that we have now compared to back then is nine day. Like, you know, if, if you look at somebody that weighs 315, you can give them an exact plan and say, this is what you're going to do for the best results. We didn't know that stuff. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have the knowledge. And so as a freshman, my mindset was, I don't, I can't even remember. It took me a long time before. Of course, we say, you say you did all your carb cycling. And that's the same thing that I did to lose a majority of my weight. But for the first year, I, we, I didn't even know carb cycling existed. And so it was literally just, just a lot of running. I went out for track and that kind of helped that that was kind of the initial, you know, I used the running and track, you know, I mm-hmm. would go to track practice and then go do an extra workout. And then that, that's kind of how I started losing my weight. And then it was in my sophomore year, we found out about carb cycling and what it was and how to do it right. And I carb cycled for, from probably the beginning of my sophomore year until maybe the maybe a maybe a whole year maybe even longer than a whole year it got to where of course you build habits but it got to where it it took about six months for me when i said okay 
I'm going to, you know, try something else. You know, I'm tired of carb cycling, whatever it was, because I did it for so long. It got, it took like six months to break the habit of everything you pick up. You check to see how many carbs is in it, every single thing. And so, but anyway, I lost with carb cycling going into my junior year. Um, I probably weighed 230 pounds going into my junior year. Um, so that's obviously a good 80 pounds right there. Yes, that's that's a pretty good amount right there. I uh, wrestled heavyweight still. I was the smallest heavyweight. And I, true heavyweight, you know, kids will wrestle up. But as far as just the heavyweight class, I was probably the smallest heavyweight. And, you know, definitely, you know, that I wrestled that like mm-hmm. in, in our conference, in our district, whatever it was, which is... I don't know, probably a quarter of the state when you get up there, but, um, I was wrestling kids, you know, that kids that were, you know, weighing 280 pounds and I was, by the end of wrestling, I was down into the, I think my junior year wrestling, I, my last weigh in was 231. And so I thought that was pretty great. I didn't do very good in wrestling because I was just getting tossed around by the big guys. But that I got down into the two thirties. Even I was even breaking the two twenties as a junior. And then my senior year I is when I I say I made the biggest difference. That's that's when I really started losing all the like the extra body fat and like that's that's when my confidence was my, the highest was my senior year. I started, so I ended wrestling at, you know, 2.30. I started football my senior year. Uh, like the first week of the season, I weighed 201 pound. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took that with me through football. You know, I fluctuated between 200, 210, uh, which was great. I felt great. I was fast. I just felt good. Like I felt good confidence was crazy like <laughs> you know I didn't ever like look in the mirror I did I did look in the mirror and I did still feel bad sometimes just because after you know after being so heavy and looking the way I used to like your self-esteem and confidence I don't know I still struggle with it today like I look fine like I know like I look fine I look okay but there's some part in the back of my head that just replays like yeah and it, it just it gets to you but it's and just so, a night and day difference. It's like when you wake up in the morning, you usually think, oh, man, I look really good. And then if you eat anything or slip up in mm-hmm. any way during the whole day, it's just you look back in the mirror and you see what you saw exactly. back in the day. Yeah. And, and it's just it's a it's a mind game. I actually think there's some, I can't remember what it's called, but there's some kind of type of disorder mm-hmm. for it. And I'm sure everybody who's in any kind of yeah. fitness industry is, is part of that. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a thing. That's the exact way I feel as well as, you know, you get to, like I said, you you feel good on some days and you, your confidence is high, but then sometimes you just can't phase it. But for no good reason, you kind of replay or go back to where you were. Yeah, there's um, no rhyme or reason to it. It's just yeah, it's just in the back of your head. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes it gets you, sometimes it, it doesn't. But maybe it's just more of a... I don't know. It just seems like one of those deals that you can either it either gets you down or you know some. It's one I I don't know. It's one of those deals that 
you almost have to control it. Like with a lot mm-hmm. of mindsets, you have to get on top of it. As soon as it starts, you have to get on top of it and get it. And yeah, absolutely. That's just something I struggle with is because you like you'll see yourself and you'll let you will let yourself like entertain the ideas you'll be like well dang like that doesn't that's not what i want to look like or you know six months ago i looked better than this and then as soon as you do that you just you you can't even like go out like yeah you can't put on good clothes or anything because you just feel like you feel like you're fat and bloated and out of shape and it's just it it's bad <laughs> yeah no but that's that's the same for everybody too and that's that's what I say. Social media is extremely beneficial and that it has its reason, but man, you get to social media hurts people way more than it helps people and especially in their mindset because when you're striving especially for a goal, the last thing you should be doing is looking at everybody else who's like, I know for a lot of people and for myself too, it is somewhat of a motivator if I scroll through my Instagram feed and only see fitness people and like people who I want to like, I want to be like there with them and their physique and stuff. It motivates me. But for the most part, a lot of people, that's your worst nightmare because you start seeing these people who are already there or who haven't had necessarily work quite as hard because they've, they kind of started <laughs> off a lot more correctly and healthy, um, rather than at a bad, uh, mindset and body, uh, physique and then have to go completely 180 into something healthy. So it's just a bad, um, it can be a bad place to, to really demotivate you and to really put you down too, as if you, you want to be there and other people are, and you can't get there. And yeah. I saw something last night on Instagram that was really good. Nobody posts about their failures. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody fails. I think on average, you know, you fail seven times before you make something right happen, I think is what they say. And, you know, everybody on Instagram, everybody posts about their success. Like if it's a post... It's happy. It's as something that's positive. It's something that's new. Somebody got something, bought something, did something, um, but they never post about you know. Oh well, yeah, well some people post about cheat meal and stuff, but nobody yeah. ever posts about you know. I had you know a big workout scheduled and it didn't do it and stayed at home and did nothing and this yeah. and that. So nobody posts about that crap, and it happens way more than you think. Exactly, so. and, that, and I think that's one of the. That start that that can be where social media hurts people is because instead of instead of you know a famous you know a fitness person on you know Instagram instead of saying you know it's okay this is what I did today you know I didn't reach my goals I had an off day they will instead they'll go get on and post a picture of themselves from a week ago and say or the yeah. last show and be exactly. like you know if you want to be like this come it's like you know sometimes that and sometimes that's what they do to make themselves not feel as bad exactly (laughs) because and and that's how it goes but you know a lot of the time that's what i mean and we need more people on social media to be like you know i messed up but it's okay yeah and less people to be like you know hey i just and it's great post your successes on social media that's fine i'm not saying it's wrong but like i said when when you're trying shooting for a goal or trying for something in particular and all you see is the positivity and the success of others while you're the one that's not getting getting to your goals it can be kind of you know dampening in a way so but yeah that's that plays a big factor into it and that played a big factor under ourselves like you said earlier with the whole jay color thing like he was my idol back in high school and i tell everybody and i've said it before several times on the podcast but when i was uh, in high school i just that was i wanted to look like him and i want and uh, that was before i knew about you know 
the unnatural ways uh, of bodybuilding and all this and that and uh, you know I was just striving to look like him and it was going to be an, an impossible goal because there was no way <laughs> I could get there without um, doing something uh, a little bit unnatural um, and that's not a road I wanted to go down so that's uh, like I said uh, social media plays its role and it has its place but sometimes it can be a little bit negative as well but so you were you said your self-confidence was really high and uh, you felt yeah. really good after you lost all the weight. Yeah, as a senior, you know, I felt great. Like, I just felt good, you know, looked good. I just didn't have any, hardly any self-doubt with anything, you know. I don't know if you, you'd never saw them, but, like, for, like, homecoming and, like, the, you know, the seniors give the speeches and, I don't like public speaking at all, but and neither did anyone else of the seniors. I, I graduated with three senior boys that played football. I was one of three. Neither of the any the other two weren't going to speak. Like they just couldn't do it. Like they <laughs> they didn't like it, and so that always fell to me. And you know, taking me as a sophomore with a microphone in front of crowds of people, that's <laughs> not going to go like. <laughs> You know, think of like the super nervous person who's just like shaking. But <clears throat> I think back to like those those pep rallies and stuff that I spoke at, and like I was just like thinking back to it. Like I was just on top of the world. Like I was just going at it. I was saying everything that like I just felt good. Like it was just awesome to me. But you know, um. It was great, but that's what I say, you know, football, my senior year of football was probably my favorite time of all four years of high school just because that, just because, you know, I was doing great, I was strong. I bench pressed, I think, two, either 290 or 295 pounds, and I weighed in at like 205 or 210 pounds, and so, like, I just felt great, like, and I was doing really, like, I was performing really well, doing really well in football. Which was great, and then after that, I started senior year of wrestling, and so, you know, I went from about, you know, between, I probably started wrestling around 210 pounds, and I dropped down to 195 pounds, the 195 pound weight class, which, for anyone that listens, doesn't understand wrestling, uh, for every meet, you, uh, I say the 195 pound weight class for every meet that you wrestle in you have to you cannot weigh any more than 195.0 and they have the super the super duper scales that can get you to you know every tenth of a pound mm -hmm. and so if you weigh in at 195.1 you can't wrestle and then you get severely punished by your wrestling coach more than likely they because they get super mad at you and so when I say I, I uh, wrestled 195 pounds, more than likely that meant I was sitting around 192, 193 pounds, you know. I think the lightest I ever got to was 190.8. I was less than 191, but more than 190, so, which, you know, through, through everything I've been through in my head, I thought, well, this is going to be great. Just lose some more weight, you know. In my head, I thought, well, I'll lose that extra, you know, that extra little body fat that I have and I'll look great. But it didn't work out that way because wrestling is an extreme sport. It's very extreme. Like, you have to be incredibly, like, 
mentally and physically tough to do it and put yourself through it. And, and with all the stuff I was doing, I don't know if it was just nutrition, my nutrition wasn't on point or, you know, I don't know what, but I, it, I lost much more muscle mass than I would, would have liked to going from 210 to 193. I looked bad like it was it was it wasn't good like in my head like I you know I see pictures of wrestling from a senior year and I look I look like I have an eating disorder in the opposite direction like I look my arms are incredibly small and my legs are incredibly small and my face like is super bony I just looked bad I looked very unhealthy and yeah I talked to my girlfriend about it because you know like currently talking with my girlfriend I'm like always like oh well I need to try to lose weight I need to try to diet better and I always bring that up like I want to lose weight but I don't want to I don't ever want to get back to where I looked like that because that was unhealthy and and she says the same thing she back and when I was a senior she said yeah she said I just didn't want to tell you but you didn't look good like you just looked unhealthy and we'll look at the pictures and stuff and it's bad and so Anyway, yeah, I did that, and I lost, you know, I just wasn't in good shape. I couldn't hardly get through a day at school. Like, my focus was down. Every, like, everything was, my drives, everything, like, dropped off just because I was focused on losing weight, and then I wasn't in a healthy way. Like, I wasn't healthily, healthily losing weight. I was just dropping weight by... I think I, you know, for dinner I had a protein shake every night. That's what, like, that's what it was. It was like I wasn't eating right, and I was just not taking good care of myself. And I finally had it a, a month or two into wrestling. I just, I, I quit. I quit wrestling because I just couldn't do it. Like, it got to where, you know, when you when you feel that way about yourself, and you look in the mirror, see pictures of yourself, and you're just like this isn't right, this isn't what I wanted, and then you add in the factors, you know, I started, you know, I would keep, you know, mainly A's in all my classes, and then those A's started dropping down to B's and C's, because, you know, I was sleepy, you know, I couldn't, like, your brain just feels, like, mushy, you know, just imagine, like, waking straight up out of bed, and then trying to go do a calculus test like you know without having any time to wake up and like your brain is just moving at like half speed that's how I felt every day like I just didn't have any energy and for anything and so I finally quit and I you know just because of that because I wasn't healthy and because I was doing badly and so but I you know from there you know I've gained weight back I like currently sit between I'm pretty high right now. I just got off of a, a pretty long vacation with a lot of road tripping, so there was a lot of fast food and stuff and restaurants in there, but typically I sit between 220 and 230, and so I'm probably 235 right now, but mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, but I'm constantly still, I'm constantly trying to better myself, you know, I, I'd like to be, I'd like to be around 215, but you gotta take it a day at a time, you know, I like Think, I always try to think to myself at the end of the day, what did I do to improve myself today? Like, because you can try and do all kinds of things, you know, take, you know, 
and this applies to almost everything. I know me and you were talking about it last night. Like, you can mess something up. You can do, you can mess something up by, you know, doing too many things all at once instead of just taking it, you know, taking it a day at a time, taking it one step at a yeah. time. And so that's just kind of what I'm trying to do right now is take it one day at a time and make one improvement at a time to better myself and get achieve my goals. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, there's a lot of, like you said, ways to pile everything on at once and then expect to do good. And that's one of the biggest things, especially when I was training too, is you tell your clients, do not do that. Take Pick one thing and do it for a couple weeks and then add another in because throwing it all in once is so overwhelming at times that you're going to fail. And it's hard, especially for ourselves, to realize that too because we always say, well, I've done it before. You know, you went from 315 down to 195. Like, what is that? 120 pounds. Like, you've done that. And that's pretty, very impressive. Um, and whenever you think about, well, I've done that before, I can just, I'll just hop in and do it again. Exactly, yeah. You know, even, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it before. You can't go from, like you said, a week and a half on vacation eating fast food and eat, stopping by nice restaurants and, you know, having a good time and then going straight into a strict diet plan all of a sudden. Like, maybe there are several people that can do it, but for the majority of people, a very high percentage of people, especially if you are experienced, can't do it. I know I can't do it. Several times I'll have to, I talk myself into, like, especially when I do really bad, like I'll have a couple of weeks that are just not good. I don't see the progress, then I'll be like, well, I'll tighten down my eating and I'll count calories and I'll do car cycling mm-hmm. while I'm intermittent fasting yeah, and exactly. try to do all this stuff at once and then I'll do it for a day and then I'll be like, man. It's just too much. Like, it's way too you much. Can't, you can't I, keep track. Yeah, I feel way overwhelmed when I try to do that stuff, but at the same time, it's like... I have to sit back and like almost laugh at myself because it's something that I used to preach all the time to my clients and now it's just turned into something that I can't even do myself and it's just but it's so basic that's my point it's like well I can't expect my if my clients can't do it and like I can't do it either it's just it just goes back to show you you know if you do pile too many things up on your plate you're not going to achieve the goal that you want so you almost have to look at yourself like you almost have to take a step back and look at yourself through a glass. Like you, you have to look at yourself like you are your own client. Like if I wouldn't tell my own client to do this, then why am I telling myself to do it? Why am I trying to put myself through it? Like, and that's something that everyone, like I, I struggle with. So I'm sure everyone does. Everyone, you know, looks at themselves and says, like we say, like, oh, I can handle it. Like I know myself. Like I know myself. I, I know I can do it. And at the same time, you know, the same person would, you know, walk into a gym and look, look at somebody, you know, and somebody that's doing the same thing, and then they would turn around and just go, ha, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. And then it's, they're doing the same thing to themselves. It's just like everyone has this mindset, or a lot of people have this mindset, like, okay, well, I can be better than the average person, or I can do better. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans. Like, we all have the same anatomy. We all, you know operate on very 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 similar you know levels and and so you know if one person can't handle it you know you know physically if their body can't take it it's going to be hard like it takes a lot to get your body out of that comfort zone and to you know adapt to big you know changes and stuff and that's what like we talk about like you talk about the like the intermittent fasting carb cycling you do them both at once you know, people who do that, like, when you say that, the first person that comes to my mind is Jim Stepani. 
Like that's that's just what he does all the time. But he's been doing that for years. Yeah. And he for him to look the way he does, yeah, he's probably been doing that for ten years or more. Like, and people look at him and say, okay, well he does it. He has look at the way he looks. He had huge success. I'll just jump into it. No, it doesn't work. That like if you want to give ten years and then try it again, and you know. After yeah. working at it for ten years, and then you'll have your success. Especially but. when you start when you start looking at how these people look. Even like the best example and the and the worst example are professional bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not talking like Mr. Olympia guys, but even those like physique guys, like they the way that they look from year to year. If you take how they looked, you know, if they competed for five years and you took their five year and now pictures and see how much they've changed. Year to year, you wouldn't be able to tell a difference. Mm-hmm. Hardly any difference. Yeah. But if you took a five-year difference, you might be able to see yeah. some areas where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he did get a little bit bigger. And, yeah, he cut down on this area of his body and different shapings. But honestly, like, there are very few athletes, even the ones who are doing unnatural things, that can change that quickly. So a lot yeah. of the times when you take somebody who's overweight or out of shape or just foreign to health and nutrition... And you say, well, um, you know, I want to look like this guy. And if it's somebody who's very fit, then that takes 10, 15 years to get there. And people don't understand the process is that long. And, you know, we tell our stories about weight loss and how it took, you know, and, you know, we lost that much weight in the span of, you know, two, three, four years. Uh, but that was like you said at best we didn't do things correctly yeah, we did we followed unhealthy. a plan yeah. but it wasn't the healthiest plan um uh, you know we did walk through this the basics it's like you take it you take this really advanced dieting plan like and i call it advanced anybody can do it and it's fairly easy to comprehend but you take carb cycling and you just say you know the basics of carb cycling well one day i go low carb one day i go high carb and you don't look at the rest of it you can do that extremely unhealthy. You're like, well, if I'm, you know, my high carb day, I'm only eating crap foods that are high in gluten and high in, you know, glycemic index, and then you're going to get a look that you don't want. And your low carb days, if you're just like, well, I'm going to drink three protein shakes a day mm-hmm. yeah. and only yeah. <laughs> only get, you know, at best less than 500 calories in for your whole day, then that's not healthy either. No. So that's what I mean. You can, if you look at the broad outline, it's easy for anybody to do. But then you got to look at the fine details and say, okay, I need to be eating this and this and doing my normal meals and adding a protein shake in with it and all that stuff. So it's easy, like you said, and like we talked about a lot. We and we, I talk about how you know you and me both, uh, and a lot of our family's big into hunting, and mm-hmm. you and me in particular are bigger into into bow hunting. It seems like, but. With bow hunting, we were talking yesterday. We went to the bow shop to get stuff uh, tuned up, and um, we were talking about how many. Seems like there's several ways to mess something up. Yeah. Like there's way more ways to mess something up than there is to not. But when you think of it on a broad spectrum, it's like okay, get a bow, get a sight, get a couple things to throw on it, and you know dial in the sight and shoot, right? But then when you start thinking about all the crap that they do, especially at a professional bow shop, you think, oh, man, I'm messing this up way more than I'm helping myself out. Yeah. And that's why it's, you know, that's why, especially with health and fitness, too, placing, finding someone who's good. And we talked about this, too, just 
to give people an example, if we talked about, you know, the bow shop we go to, how they know what they're doing. They've been on several hunts. They've been across the world hunting. Like, they do all that jazz, and they're very, very good at it, and they've been working on bows. So the guy that owns the place has been working on bows since he's probably been our age, and now he's got kids and grandkids, and he just he's very good at what he does. But you walk into the shop and one of the first things he did was tell me well you're not shooting the right arrows and you know well you can do what you want but you know we're just telling you what we say what we well, what's right and it's yeah. just like the mentality and the way you get you almost feel like you're getting degraded and it's very sad because i know that shop right now with some of the stuff that's happening you're going through a rough time mm-hmm. so to treat customers especially like ourselves who are gonna pay for this stuff and you know, I would love to call that a shop that I'd use for every single thing I need on my bow, but I don't want to yet because I, I work in customer service and I know what it's like to be personable and know how to have good quality customer service. And yeah, I uh, apparently um, that for myself that's a, just kind of a deal breaker when I can't have somebody well, that's just a exactly. little bit more personable. And so. that's just there just seems to be this, you know. And we, everybody, everyone's dealt with it, whether, it, like, for me in high school, like, an example, like, when you're a freshman and you, you play with some of the senior players and you're, like, you'll see somebody do something that is good, like, something that you may not be coached, like, a, a certain move, and, you know, you say, well, hey, that, that was really cool, can you teach me? And instead of just being helpful, instead of saying, hey, yeah, this is what you need to do, this is how you do it, this is how you get better... They just act like, well, you don't know, so why should I tell you? Like, it's just like, it's just, they're just, and that's just something that kind of goes, I've noticed it's just something that carries through every, like, group, every community, regardless of what you, like, like to do, you know, the guy in the bow shop, for example, you know, for me in my college, I go to Missouri Western State University, if I walk into the you know campus gym and find some you know a, a you know a big bodybuilder guy or a football player that you know looks good and say hey you know I saw you doing this workout can you teach it to me instead of just being friendly and say oh yeah this this is good they just kind of go no like no it's not worth my time like they just kind of carry this around like I well I know how to do it so that automatically makes me better than you and so if I'm better than you I'm not going to teach you <laughs> like I'm not going to associate with you and so. Yeah that just kind of carries with everything and that's just something that personally I hate like I hate it and like I always try you know if anybody needs my help you know if anybody wants my help you know the least you can do you know one of my favorite sayings is I don't know where I learned it but it costs zero dollars to be a nice person it doesn't cost anything for you to be a nice or a good person and so if somebody you know if somebody wants to pick up something from you or learn something from you you literally like you can't give two minutes like if you were in a gym and somebody wants to pick up something from you you can't give two minutes to teach them and you know like you know glance over every few minutes to make sure they're doing it okay like yeah and you got that information from somewhere or somebody too whatever whether it comes from any part of life whether it's you know, unless it's like just raw instinct or you're just good at your job and it's something you can't really teach, but um, you get information that you've learned from somewhere. So it takes, it would take literally about 10 seconds to just give somebody a reference. Like, yeah, ex- yeah. if you found something like what, what I do for my diet, like if people ask, like, will they see my before and after picture? They're like, oh, how'd you do that? 
I literally, I don't go through the story. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them we, <clears throat> I tell them we have a podcast and they can listen to it <laughs> if they want to know, but um, it's it's a long story and there's a lot of aspects in the story too. And uh, you know whether it becomes from physical or mental side, but m- a lot of emotional stuff too as well that plays into that. But honestly, I tell them you know look up sweet potato diet the sweet potato diet just look it up that's and that's how i did it and you know they'll go on the website it's kind of cool they go on and i'm still the picture on it so they'll see my before and after pictures on the website and they always say oh i saw you on there and it's just like yeah it's really cool but um for the most part yeah it's takes 10 seconds just to say go look this up this is where i found all my information from it takes a lot longer than normal just go look this up so um that's one of the best ways to give people advice is just give them the source of where yeah, you like, found it from. Or you, just like you said, it takes two minutes to help somebody. Just exactly. to be like, yeah, here's how I do it. Or like whether it be uh, whether it be with, you know, the hunting thing. Like a lot yeah. of people ask me a, a lot of stuff about the hunting thing or the bow shooting thing, especially now that I've been going to the range a lot. And I'll be like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I have. And it just instead of being like, you know, being, like you said, almost a prick about it and just not giving the time of day to show somebody. Yeah, it's just like, they, for whatever reason, they feel like they have power over you because they know something that you don't or they're better at you than something. And it's just, it's just, it's a, it's more or less just a toxic mentality and, you know, yeah, and it every, reflects on everywhere. Everybody knows something that somebody doesn't. Everybody holds some piece of knowledge or information that you could share to somebody who had no idea. I mean, some everybody has that. So to be able to pro- like produce it or convey it in the right way, like you know, it would be especially you know, like I said, that old guy has done at the shop. Just as as an example, he's done everything. Like he shot everything under the sun. He's done very well for himself. He you know provides his family with a lot of great meat and you know, <clears throat> helps the conservation and the environment out a ton. Um, but for him to sit there and tell me what, you, what you're doing is wrong and, you know, you need you can take our advice or you can leave it and just walk away. Like, it was very, very, like, you know, if I were in his position, I would be like, well, unfortunately, you know, the last place he went to, they got you set up with, with everything was correct, but they just messed up by one one part of your arrow, yeah. and it just basically tell them, you know, it is messing up. Um, you know what you're doing in your arrow is like if you'd like, we can get you set up with the new ones, and then just say, you know, but whatever you have right now, you will have to, you can't use them together. They yeah. just have to be different. And at that point, if he would have said that, I would have been like, man, I only have three good arrows anyway. Let's yeah. just get. And I, that's what I told the guy. I was like, I'm fine. And I would have been like, yeah, thank. And I would have been like, thank you so much. Like I appreciate that. Yeah. But instead, he was like, well, that's what our advice. You can take it or leave it, and then walks away. And he just, like, gave me all this. He just basically told me everything he did was wrong. He told me what I was doing wrong. He said, you know, you need to do... He said, he basically said, everything I'm doing is wrong. He told me what I need to buy to fix it. And then he said, you can take my advice or leave it, and then walked away. And (laughs) And I was just like, what? One of the funniest part to me about the whole encounter... He wasn't even helping you. Yeah. He, just, he walked up. Like, he, he like he overheard what was going on. He walked up. He checked his little arrow chart. And then he, he just told you all the stuff and left. Yeah. And it's just like, 
it like it's just like this guy comes out of nowhere like yeah throws he, these words at you and then leaves and you're just like it's just like what i think <laughs> what it, yeah i think i think his first name is kent but yeah he uh he was he's i know him because like the first time i went in there he, he i just you know you walk into the shop you've never been in there before and it's kind of confusing i mean you walk in there's yeah. a huge counter and you see all their bow equipment on the left side on the right side they got some product and if you keep walking back you find the range and it's just like it's kind of scattered. It's, yeah, it's, it's very scattered. It's very much like the the layout of the shop is. Once you get used to it, it's it's a it's a bow hunter's dream. It really is because you're just like, man, this place is awesome. It's got everything. It's packed full with gear, but it's just kind of scattered everywhere. So you walk in and you're just like, well, you're kind of almost scared because you're like, man, all, all this stuff that I you know you see online but you never see in person, and then you look over and then there's these guys working on bow and they just look at you like, and they just like nod yeah and it's and you and if you were getting work done you're just like uh what do i do yeah and it's just very nobody's like hey welcome to welcome to full draw archery can we help you out today and then if you're shooting you should be like oh no i'm just here for the range or oh, i'm gonna look around some product or or then you can ask you know yeah you know oh yeah actually i have some questions uh about the, about my bow and my setup and stuff so like i said they make it very unwelcoming almost yeah, to come it's in like and it's, everything you do is bothering them taking away from what they're doing yeah and it's i don't like it i don't like when people do that it's almost but. like they only want to serve people who are on their level yes who, who, they, who they would classify as the elitist yeah yes, elite yes. bow hunters of america it's and it's just like and why? you won't find that you will not find that especially in omaha nebraska no. because oh, no. <laughs> in the surrounding areas there's turkey and deer so you will not find many people i mean there are there are quite a, a couple i mean several um but you won't the majority of the people they work with are people who have never shot before people who want to get into archery mm -hmm. people who don't know where to go people yeah. who have moved like us then we've done a lot of archery but like i said they just make it everything they do is and they know yeah. everything so that's what i mean everything they do and you do they just want to nitpick and break down and just you know turn it into something else so yes yeah, so, but anyway the reason why i'm talking about the whole archery experience to kind of bring it full circle with what we were talking about earlier was the same thing goes for finding a personal trainer or finding somebody who knows what they're talking about when you don't because like we said, there are several ways, and like we talked about with the archery range, same thing goes, is there are several ways to mess something up when you think you're doing something right. Yeah. And you have no idea you're even doing it. Yeah, and that's what, and we talk about social media and stuff, and that's where it really gets the best of people is, you know, like, like for example, for hunting, like I, I, I said yesterday with Clay, you know, when me and Clay were very first getting into hunting or bow hunting, you know, we used to hunt with like, a long bow like a recurve wooden long bow and so what we would do is like we would get on youtube or the internet and you know type in how to be a good bow hunter and of course you, you get these videos of people who are good who know what they're doing but when you see it on a youtube video and you're very impressionable you don't know much about the subject you try to do every little thing that they do and then by doing so you you wipe out any you know possibilities you get rid of any possibilities for like for our hunt to be successful like a deer is not going to walk out if you know they walk in and they see you know like a <laughs> just this, anything this anything. huge setup that you did because the guy on youtube did exactly. but then you messed one thing up and the deer's thinking like what the heck happened here and yes. then runs away yes but the same thing with your body and a diet 
or your body in a fitness plan. Exactly. Like you can follow and watch all these guys online or they social media, and then if somebody does something, like if you want to do, let's say, oh, you see somebody like Jim Stepani, mm-hmm. he does his workout program and he does his fasting and he does his carb cycling, and you're thinking you get on there tonight and you're thinking, oh man, this guy looks amazing. I want to look like him when I'm 50 years old, like he is 50 or well, maybe even older than that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> And you're like, I want to be that ripped uh, when I'm his age. And he's, and you're like, well, I want to be that ripped now too. So I'm going to go tomorrow morning. I'm going to start everything. Bam. Day one of his program. You got the fasting. You're not going to eat until two or three. And then you're going to, you know, all that jazz. And being able to, you know, you could, messing up one thing will just, you, nothing will respond the same way for your body. No. And that's, like we said, same thing when it comes to any kind of archery stuff. But finding somebody that you can put your trust into <clears throat> that you know works well is something that's the biggest thing. And that's why we're talking about the whole archery thing. For us to find somebody who we know is going to do the job right. I know those guys are going to do the job right. And I know they know what they're talking about. But the downside is they're just kind of a pain in the butt. You know, sometimes you can't find the perfect situation where I could go in and get everything done perfectly correctly and they'd ask me how my week's been and you know oh yeah I'm getting super excited for the hunting trip and all this and that and just you know have fun and talk with them that's not how it goes there they just want they want the business they do it right they do it perfect and they get out yeah and that's totally fine for their for their if you if you want to be like that or you want to do that whatever it is maybe but you know it makes it hard to go there when I could go to Shields and get a really nice customer service at Shields but then at Shields you might get some guy who's only worked there for the last six months and you know when you're ready getting up ready for a big hunt like I am it's just like I don't want to trust them with my stuff yeah. and they're a little bit more sales oriented too as well so they're like they're pushing when we went there bucks. yeah when we went there I asked if they could do something to my arrows that you do with your hands that I don't have yes. the tools for yeah and he went and tried to sell me something and I was just like that's not what I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I was asking like, for a product. Yeah. That's what I told him. And he looked at me funny. He was like, oh, I have no idea. And I'm just like, and he kind of walked away. And I was yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but like I said, the customer service there, at least they greeted me. They asked me how I was. Like I had another guy who I talked to for, to for a while. Like it was really great, but, um, you just don't get that same quality. So, um, it's finding that medium, but then finding somebody you trust in the health and fitness world that you can, whether it be a trainer, whether it be a nutrition coach, uh, whether it be just a diet plan or somebody on social media, like um, as long as you go with it with caution, but you can find somebody, as long as you find somebody you trust and does quality work, then that is my first recommendation for anybody trying to start something new. Because the first thing, if they do set you up on all these different steps, you already know that they're not doing something right and you've heard from us <laughs> because that's not how you want to do stuff and that's what I said but biggest part of my personal training was um, was actually uh, the making sure when somebody did start a new program that they weren't doing it all and I made sure to tell them and it was one week at a time I was like well we're going to implement this this week and like well for the next two weeks I just want you to calculate how much water you're drinking something as simple as that and then throw in, you know, well, for the next week, just write, just eat normally, write down how many carbs you're eating. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, that's when you can start going, okay, you see how much you have this, this day? I only want you to eat that much on these two, these days. That would be a great way to start. Like, you don't have to do it all in one day. 
but making sure people are aware of what they're doing too. Like you said, you you got to where you would read everything, the carbs on everything. That's good for general rule of thumb for anybody. If everybody would just look at kind of what their ingredient profile is before buying something, everybody would be a lot healthier. (laughs) Look at what you're putting into your body. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And that's what was one of the big best like little rules that I learned from one of the nutrition coaches at Lifetime Fitness was if you can't or it was lifetime fitness and it was online too another one of my guys i follow but if you can't pronounce it on the back panel don't buy it if you seriously read the ingredients and you cannot pronounce an ingredient it's some kind of chemical or some kind of you know something that's been modified and it's just not worth putting through your system (laughs) so to me to me when it comes to like nutrition and eating like simple simpler is better to me like yeah if you you know if you know what you want, then get what you want. Don't get all the extra stuff that come with it. You know, mm-hmm. like just get simple. Stay simple. It's better for you. It's healthier for you, and you'll probably like it more anyway. Like it just is. I don't know, but yeah. But that's like I said. Find somebody you trust. Find somebody you can go back to is a huge thing, especially for that stuff. But for the most part, obviously, we talked a lot about kind of years plan and your story and success and we'll we'll do definitely probably do another one as well another podcast just focusing on how you saw my story because that's a pretty long one too sure um but uh we got definitely a lot of good talking points in about just about your story and kind of what you went through but then your success too um you had some good success and then from your success you kind of went down not necessarily a negative route but just a different route yeah. That took you to results you didn't want as well. So just a lot of really good lessons list, lessons for our listeners to uh, kind of take from this. Yeah, a lot of, and that's what you know, that's what we were, like what we, what we were saying earlier. You know, a lot of failures. There were a lot of ways that you know I thought I was going right, and a lot of ways that it was wrong. A lot of ways I failed. You know, I when I like with the senior year getting down to 190 pounds, like. I thought I was doing something good, and that was a big failure for me. To, that was a huge one for me, one of my bigger ones. And so that's just something I want to take, you know, if anybody, you know, listens to this, something they can take away from me and my journey is, you know, yeah, there's going to be a lot of failures. You know, I started this when I was a freshman. I am so 13 or 14 years old. I'm going to be 20 in a month or two. It takes time, you know, you've got to be willing to put in the time and the effort and you can't stop when you have a failure, you know, your your character, failure is what molds you as a person and so don't be afraid to fail, you cannot be afraid to fail as a person. Yeah, absolutely, <clears throat> I'd just say that, obviously time is the biggest thing, everyone wants results fast and they okay. want results now <clears throat> and realistically it just doesn't happen and it doesn't, I'm not just, I'm not saying that because we couldn't get it to happen soon i'm not uh, you know some people can do amazing things in a quick time but in order to do something healthy in order to look the way that you truly want to look like it's gonna take time big big time so um yeah just take it one day at a time like we said don't put everything on your plate at once that's the biggest deal and we'll be posting i'm gonna grab i think you've somebody has somewhere the before and after pictures just from your like what sophomore to senior year yeah um so we're going to probably post that up on our instagram page just to give everybody an idea um since we talked a lot about your weight loss journey on this episode and 
Um, and then if you have any questions, whether it be for me or TJ or for uh, Trenton as well, then give us you know an email like we always say, head on collision podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll have po- we'll be posting on Instagram. I think TJ's got a couple posts going um, this last week, so everything's working out really well so far. Um, we did like to give a shout out to everybody and a big thank you for everybody that's listening. We hit 300 listeners just a couple days back, so very excited about that. Um, And it sounds like our high school athletes episode that we did um, got some really great feedback that we did right before the vacation. So very excited about that stuff. And then just a few things to kind of end on. We uh, um, obviously I did a lot of talking last uh, podcast episode about the hunting podcast and um, trying to figure trying to get that thing rolling or basically decide if we want to do something like that. Um, But between me and then you and then Bianca, I feel like we'd have a definitely a pretty good crew to do oh, yeah. to do a pretty solid hunting podcast. And um, like I said, make it make it to where anybody can listen and anybody can hear great stories and great advice and great examples of what not to do. Of course, yeah, learn from <laughs> um, failure. Yep, absolutely. Um, and just kind of go uh, and you know, hear us. Like I said in the last podcast, a lot, we don't want to change anybody's mind on anything but we would we always do appreciate it if you took the time to understand what we did what we did like we always take our time to understand why you'd feel or why you do what you do so but um yeah we're talking a little bit more into that we have a big didn't talk about it last podcast we do have a big uh, uh elk hunt planned in september so a big archery elk hunt going i think me bianca and trenton are all going on that so um it'll be me um shooting that's why we went to the shop yesterday and did all that jazz but yeah i'll be the one that's hunting um so very excited about that we might bring the mic along and do do a little podcast for the head-on collision podcast and maybe even start the hunting one while we're over there um just kind of in our off time and our dead time but um very excited about that so that'll be taking place so i know i just got back from vacation but i'll be gone for a week again so but that'll be in september so we'll get a several episodes posted out for you guys in between the time that we have plenty to listen to but very excited about that stuff coming up and for the most part i think that is all the big news that's happening on our end so like i said if you guys have any questions um, and if you're a first-time listener or haven't heard us before, you can go follow us. We do have a Facebook account. It doesn't, as of right now, we aren't using it too much, but we're going to start here soon. Um, but our biggest one right now is Instagram. We've got the Head on Collision Podcast Instagram page. And like I said, if you have any questions or want us to answer anything in particular, headoncollisionpodcast at gmail.com is the place to reach TJ or myself. Or even if you have any questions for Trenton, we can shoot them out his way as well. So... Let us know what you guys are thinking about all this jazz. Leave us a review. Um, but yeah, uh, just the biggest thing. Thanks for listening so far. Like I said, 300 listeners. Pretty excited about that. But we're going to keep this baby rolling and see kind of how it goes. Um, we'll talk to you soon, guys. Thanks.